Hello everyone, this is Brooke and you're listening to the Vintage Gardener podcast, which is where I give you tips and tricks on gardening, particularly if you're like me and you garden in Southern New Jersey, which is zone 7A. So today we're going to be talking about zinnias and why sometimes when you grow zinnias, you get single blooms rather than the full head. So before we kind of jump into my tips on this particular topic, I wanted to tell you my story of zinnias. For those of you who are new to gardening, zinnias are probably one of the easiest plants to grow from seed. They're just no fuss, no moss. Now, a few years ago, I wasn't interested in zinnias. To be quite honest, I just wasn't a fan. The only ones I had seen were the yellow or like gold and kind of orange and purple ones and sometimes pink that I saw in summer containers that were sold at the local garden centers. I just didn't find them appealing. They just aren't, they just weren't attractive. But then in 2019, I discovered the Florette website. And boy, were my eyes opened. I had never seen so many beautiful color combinations in my life. And the thing I liked most about them is that some of them had dahlia heads, some of them had like scabiosa heads, and they were just incredible. Now, as you can imagine, you know, what I saw on the Florette site, you don't see in store. So that's one of those types of things you have to grow from seed. So that summer, which is once again, 2019, my last house, Wild Eve Cottage was on the market. So I decided not to, to grow them from seed. And the reason was, you know, I was anticipating that my house was gonna sell in like the 60, day time frame my realtor had been telling me and basically I didn't want to grow something specialty and then basically have somebody else enjoy it I know it sounds kind of selfish and mean but like I wasn't going to take I wasn't going to waste my time and money on doing that I wanted to grow them when I can enjoy them but the my the last house didn't sell as quickly as I was hoping it was going to sell Um, If you guys are listening to this on Podbean or iTunes, and if you have not checked out my YouTube channel, Vintage Gardener NJ, you might want to go over there and go into the, you know, way back time machine and look at some of the earlier videos. And you'll see, I go into great detail in terms of why my house didn't sell as quickly. And since it didn't sell as quickly, I caved and decided I was going to grow some zinnias because... I was really upset and they were so pretty. I was like, it'll make me happy. So I bought a packet of the Envy Xenia seeds and I also got some Xenia starts from Erica who runs the Blushing Fields Flower Farm. And she had grown some of the uh, Lilliput Lilliput mix that she got from um, Florette. So I got the, the starts, I got the seeds, planted them, they grew. I got excited because then they started to open. And then I ended up extraordinarily disappointed because when they started flowering, 
they were singles. They did not have that full Dahlia head that I was looking for. And so I couldn't understand, you know, why this was happening. Because every time I Googled a picture, everyone's zinnias had the full Dahlia head. Uh, so the next time I saw Erica, I remember asking her about it. And I remember she and her husband, Nick, were saying that they had gotten a lot of singles too. And they were saying that they thought it was, it was due to stress on the plant. So after they told me that, I adjusted my watering. I think I even tried, you know, adding some fertilizer, but I really didn't notice any change in the blooms on the flower. So then I came to Wildfell Manor and I tried again. So in 2020, the pandemic happened. So of course, like a lot of people, I was getting my gardening on. And so I got a lot of seeds. I got a lot of the Queen Lime series and I also bought some of the Zinderella zinnias. I think I got like Zinderella peach, Zinderella pink, I think Zinderella purple and Zinderella lilac. So one thing I noticed last year is that with the regular zinnias, and when I say regular, I mean the Queen Lime series, although I got singles, I got more like double and full, like full dahlia heads than I had the year before. With the Zinderella mix, I think the pink one was the only one that gave me scabiosa heads. I think I may have seen, gotten a single purple scabiosa head, but everything else was just single. And quite frankly, it was just not attractive. So this year, I didn't even bother with the Zinderella and I stuck just with the traditional or heirloom types of zinnias. So this year I noticed I got scattered single blooms, but mostly I got dahlia heads and some doubles. Like for example, the zinnia had a double row of petals on the bottom. Um, but with the purple, the purple ones that I grew, I got, I think mostly doubles, but I did have like more scattered, like full Dahlia heads. But overall, I was a lot happier this year. So, you know, every year that I've planted zinnias, I've improved my gardening process. I've also done a ton more research on zinnias. So if you are wondering why your zinnias are single, and when I mean single, I mean they have just like that single layer of petals around like the center head, and you're wondering how you can change that, well, then you've come to the right podcast. So number one, okay, reality check. Okay, when you're looking at those catalogs or, you know, online at people's Instagram profiles, just remember that you are seeing a carefully curated view of that flower. You know what? Single zinnias are okay, but would I buy that packet of seeds based upon the picture of the single? No. And quite frankly, most people wouldn't. But the thing is, single blooms are out there. They're out there a lot. It's just people aren't gonna take pictures of them. You're not gonna put their best specimen forward and that would be the full Dahlia head Xenia. So 
you're not seeing anything unusual. It's just your, if you get a single in your garden, it's just, people just don't photograph it that often. So just have a reality check and understand that these are part of the mix. Number two, genetics. Okay, some zinnias have higher percentages of singles than others. For example, the Zinderellas that I grew in 2020. Now I started doing some research on it and my research indicated that the Zinderella series tended to have only 25% with the scabiosa type flowering head. So I was extraordinarily disappointed because at the end of the day, the far majority are going to be singles. You're not really gonna get that um, kind of cupcake head. So there are some zinnias with cupcake heads that have higher percentages of that scabiosa head type. I'm not gonna tell you what they are because I personally have never tested them. That is gonna be one of my goals next year is to get some of those so that I can tell you, hey, this is what I tried and here's what works. But I'll keep you guys posted because that'll be next year's flower trials. The third thing that will affect zinnias is stress. Now, from what I can see, there's four types of stress. So there are is nutrient stress, uh, water stress, heat stress, and what I would say is daylight stress. So here's the thing, guys. You know, when you have a flower, blooming requires a lot of energy. It just does. And so when the plant doesn't get enough of something, whether it's nutrients, water, heat, you know, daylight, or it's getting too much of those things, the first thing that are typically affected are blooms because if there's some sort of shortage, the plant is gonna conserve energy. And of course, the biggest energy using in the plant goes to the blooms. So let's talk about the first thing, which is nutrient stress. So one of the things I changed this year was my fertilizer. I switched back to Dr. Earth. I originally started using Dr. Earth when I was into gar gardening, and then I switched to Espoma because Espoma had bigger bags for cheaper. Unfortunately, I did not read the fine print. So when I was doing research on organic brands of fertilizer, and there's a, don't worry, there's gonna be an episode to come, I realized that when it came to the good bacteria, Dr. Earth and Job's have more types of good soil microbes than Espoma, okay? With Espoma, although all of the bags do have like some, they list like, the colonies of bacteria, generally they only have like six main types. The only um, line that has like the full range of the, you know, the good bacteria is Biotone, okay? But Dr. Earth, it doesn't matter which one you get with uh, Job's Organic, um, with the granular stuff, it, pretty much in all of them, they all had the full range of, you know, of, of bacteria. So that includes the mycorrhizal fungi. There's fungi in there that does things like um, and soil inoculants and that sort of thing. Espoma only has that in biotone. The rest of their line doesn't have it. The other thing about Dr. Earth is that you only have to apply it once every other month, whereas Espoma, you have to apply it 
once a month. And given the size of my garden, I really wanted to do, <laughs> I was trying to get as much bang for the buck. And, you know, and also I've got the time constraints. And so, you know, I wouldn't be able to keep up with fertilizing everything, um, you know, once a month. So I changed my process and I got Dr. Earth. And once again, there will be another episode of which fertilizers I'm using, when and how, how I do that whole thing. But I gotta tell you what guys, my plants love the Dr. Earth. Uh, they really did, particularly the yellow section and even the green section really. And I would say that a large part of the success of my garden this year was due to me using Dr. Earth fertilizer. So that second thing is water. Okay, so this year I hit on the magic combination with my watering. I put down drip tubing and I ran them every foot. Okay, my first year, well actually my first couple of years when I was in Wild Eve Cottage, I did micro sprays, um, some drip tubing and hand watering. Last year, which is my first year at Wild Fell Manor, I ran irrigation, but I didn't have as much tubing as I do now. I really needed more in the areas that I ran it to, and that's what I'm referring to, the, the promenade beds that I have. So next year, I this year I corrected for that, and next year I'm gonna have to do some tweaking because in the promenade beds, I had, I would say, probably the highest incidence of single blooms, like consistently. And when I was planting in the promenade beds, like last week, I remembered, and I don't know how I forgot this, but there's a lot of sandy soil in that area, which although it could be good for drainage, it's just that I'm going to have to water it a lot more often. And the rest of my garden, like the parterre, didn't have that problem. Um, so watering definitely played a difference and played a part in why the rest of my garden, I think, had fewer incidences of single blooms. <clears throat> Third, heat. So plants have a comfort zone, okay? Around 85 degrees is when plants start getting heat stress. And the longer the temperature stays above that 85 degree temperature, the more plants are affected. And what's usually affected by, by the heat? Well, the blooms are. So a lot of plants will either um, skip blooming altogether, like for example, roses will stop blooming in, in when it's high heat, or it will reduce the amounts of blooms. So you may have heard the term, it's called heat dormancy. That's what they're referring to. Now I noticed during the hottest parts of summer, I noticed like more singles. And when the temperatures were cooler, like we did get a, a, um, a few weeks where the temperature was kind of in like the lower 80s. And then I noticed that I was getting more full heads on the zinnias. <laughs> and along with this was shade because in part of my garden, like for example, the red section, and the pink section, uh, they get more shade in like the, I would say the evening part of like, well, headed into evening, which is kind of like the hottest, you know, part 
of the day. And because they got shade during that, that part, I felt like they had a lot less heat stress because those sections consistently, like at a certain point, it was like, it was only the full dally heads all the time. It was barely any singles where some of the other areas that were getting a lot more heat during, you know, the hottest part of summer seemed to be, seemed to get more singles. So that's something to keep in mind. And last, the amount of light the plant is getting because plants use sunlight for energy. You know, it's, it's photosynthesis, that's what that is. So, you know, during fall, the days are getting shorter, the plants are getting less light. So you'll notice that they're slowing down growing, they're slowing down blooming. And so I noticed when I've been um, walking around the garden and looking at my zinnias, I've noticed that the areas that are getting more sunlight, which is like the promenade garden, I still see a fair amount of double blooms, but I'm noticing um, like, for example, in the pink and red section, um, and some parts of the red section get more sunlight than others, but I'm noticing I'm the newer blooms that I'm seeing are, are more singles. Uh, the purple section, I think one of the reasons I had more double blooms than full blooms is because at a certain point in the morning, that gets a really solid block of shade. And so they weren't single. I mean, they were getting enough sun to be a little bit more full. Um, but I think if they had gotten more like, you know, more like eight hours of sun or per day, that they would have been fuller. Okay guys, so that is it in terms of tips and tricks on getting fuller heads from your zinnias. These are just my observations after trying to grow them for three years. Um, as you can tell from the story, and the reason I told you the story of how everything went for me is because, as you can see, as I changed my process, I got better and better results. And based upon the results, I feel justified in saying that these are the four things I think, you know, affect, affect how full the heads of your, on your zinnias are going to be. So if you guys have been disappointed in the past with your zinnias, please try these tips and let me know how you make out. And you know what, if there's some of you guys out there who've done other things that I didn't mention and you've gotten great results, please leave those comments. You know, gardening is not an exact science. You have to try, you know, sometimes go back to the drawing board a time or two or three and you know stick to it do some a lot of research because that's what i do a lot of research and hopefully at some point in time you'll kind of get the hang of it uh, like i said i'm going to be trying a different variety of cupcake zinnia to see if i get better results um, the other thing with the zinderella series is that a local garden center a person told me that you know if i grow them you know collect seeds from the ones that um that did have the full heads because it's probably genetic in that way if i'm planting i would be more likely to get the scabiosa head i don't know if i feel like doing that again i think i'm just going to experiment with a new type of um scabiosa head zinnia and see how it works out but once again i'll keep you guys apprised of my progress with that 
So anyway, guys, I thank you so much for listening. So don't forget that the next Garden Party, which is the live call-in show, is on October 29th at 8 p.m. right here on Podbean. The topic of that call-in show is what was your favorite flower in 2021? So I look forward to chatting with you guys then. Bye!